Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth, and today we have a slightly different kind of episode. I thought with as much as we talk about travel and how wonderful it is and empowering and how you learn how to be self-sufficient and comfortable in your own company and you learn all the tricks, hopefully, that I'm helping to spread and share in this podcast, but all of the tricks that make the process a lot less intimidating and a lot easier than it sometimes seems when you are at home and you're looking at people's blogs and Instagram accounts of all the amazing places they're going and it seems so out of reach and then you learn the tricks and you realize that you are totally capable of it. So that was a little impromptu pep talk there for everyone, but I decided that since we take that vein so much of sharing all of the advice and tips and tricks, that I would talk a little bit about the times that I have failed because there have definitely been a lot of them the times that I have screwed up when I'm traveling, and they're not all a long time ago necessarily. Some of them are, but some of them are more recent. I still definitely screw up from time to time, whether it is just a tiny error that causes a much bigger problem, like mixing up a date or something, not reading the fine print enough, or whether I genuinely misunderstand a situation. Like This is maybe not a screw up, but this is definitely a situation where I should have done more research first. I'm heading to Europe this spring. I'm very excited about it. In fact, by the time this episode is out, I am probably in Europe at the moment. So make sure you head over to Going Out Your Door on Instagram to see everything that I am up to there. But now I'm currently in the planning phase and I really wanted to go back to Ireland because I love the country so much and I've spent a decent amount of time there and so it's one of those places that I want to revisit. So I decided that before I head on to Edinburgh where I'm staying for a week or two, I thought I would spend just a couple days in Dublin enjoying myself and seeing all the sights and drinking all the Guinness and all the pubs and listening to the music and all of that. So that worked out perfectly. I've booked my flights. Everything's fantastic. And things are getting closer and I need to book my accommodation in Dublin. And oh my gosh, I was astounded when I looked at hostels and Airbnbs and hotels. They're astronomical. The prices are astronomical. I've never seen hostel prices like this. The most expensive hostel I've ever stayed in, I think was in Copenhagen and it was about $35 or 35 euros a night. And I know that that was several years ago. Prices have probably gone up, but the cheapest hostel in Dublin, a hostel in a dorm sharing a room with other people, all you are paying for is a bed, is $75 a night. It blew my mind. My partner and I are going to be spending a couple of days in Paris, and we just booked our Airbnb for that time in Paris. And granted, we are splitting the cost because there's two of us, but for the two of us splitting the cost of an entire Airbnb, the entire house, the entire apartment in Paris is the same as one person paying for a hostel bed in Dublin. Totally blew my mind. Anyway, I'm I'm ranting here. This is not what we were supposed to be talking about, but just an example of like, I don't know if I would have totally changed my plans, but it definitely would have made me reconsider whether I want to go back to Dublin on this trip or whether I could factor in some sort of, you know, I, I did look at house sitting and things like that, but maybe I would have been a little bit more diligent in trying to find a creative way to avoid staying in a hotel or a hostel or an Airbnb in Ireland because it is crazy expensive. Anyway, the point is we all screw up. 
So I'm going to talk about four different times where that has happened. I have made a mistake and these are in no particular order. It's not from biggest problem to least or chronological or anything like that. We're just talking about them randomly. But the first one, there are actually two that always come to mind when I think about when I have messed up. The first of these two was when I was living in the Czech Republic. So this was right after I graduated from college. So I was, what, 22. I had done a study abroad program before, but was still like the first time that I had lived by myself in another country as an adult with employment and all of that. And the school was super supportive in helping us find apartments and visas and banks and accounts and all of that stuff. So we did have support, but it wasn't like the built-in system that a study abroad program really provides. So I was in the Czech Republic and I needed to get a visa. Now, one of the weird things about visas is that generally you have to apply from them from outside of the country, which I guess makes sense in the sense that you need a visa to go into the country. But that's not strictly true. So like I had entered the Czech Republic as a tourist with a 90-day visa-free stamp in my passport. So I was already in the country, and but I had to get my work visa, which is like the longer-term one. But you can't apply for a work visa while you're already in the country as a tourist. Anyway, bureaucracy. We love it. So I had to go to Vienna or another city, but Vienna was one of the closest ones outside of the Czech Republic to apply for my visa. So I took like an overnight bus. I had to go there to apply and then I had to go to pick it up. It was a wild experience actually looking back on it that I did that. But three weeks after I applied for the visa, we got the call that it was ready to pick up, which was actually like record time. Usually it takes several months. And so I did another overnight bus ride to Vienna. I crashed at one of my friend's places because Vienna is where I had studied abroad and I got up. Um, I was about to say early, but actually not early the next morning because I think my bus had gotten in at like three o'clock in the morning or five o'clock. So I think I slept in a little bit and made my way over to the Czech consulate in Vienna to pick up my visa. Now, part of this problem was that the only time I had off from work as a teacher was the weekend. So the only time I could go pick up my visa was on the weekend and I had slept in and I arrive at the consulate to find out they were closed. It was like a Saturday and they probably closed at noon or something for a Saturday and they were closed. And I had taken like a eight hour bus ride. I had traveled from another country, even though it's much easier in Europe. And you know, the bus ride itself was probably like a hundred dollars. I was just like, what do I do? And my, you know, my school needed me to get this work visa so I could be working legally. And I panicked. I totally, completely screwed up. And this is one of those times where it wasn't just a minor misreading. Like I genuinely made a mistake and it never occurred to me that the consulate wouldn't be open at like one or two in the afternoon, which was when I got there. So I will say another factor of screwing up is creative problem solving that you really learn. And so I got on my phone and I didn't even have, no, I didn't have a smartphone at that time. I didn't get one till Taiwan. So I must have used like an iPod touch or something and then been able to steal Wi-Fi from the consulate itself. That's the only way I would have been able to do that, I think. But I was able to get on the consulate website and I found the phone number and I called them from outside the building 
And luckily, it was a real person that answered, a real person with empathy. And I explained the situation, and she let me in. And luckily, she didn't have to do anything, just hand over the paperwork, hand over the my passport with the visa in it. But she let me in and completely saved the day. Even though the woman ended up coming through for me in a big way, I do remember that it took quite a bit of persuading. And I'm not generally a forceful person at all, but I think when I get desperate, I really just like throw myself at the mercy of the other person and probably did a lot of begging and explaining of, you know, my situation and it wouldn't be easy to come back and everything. So she did let me in. It did all work out in the end. Actually, These revelations are just coming to me as I'm talking. Maybe I process things through speaking, which really makes being a podcast host uh, appropriate. But I think another factor of a lot of these screw-ups is that they do work out in the end. And of course, that's not across the board. I don't don't want to make anyone think that like anytime something goes wrong, it's it's all going to work out. But I think most of these situations were resolved very well. And I think that just shows that like, with the kindness of other people and empathy and your own creative problem solving, like things generally do get worked out. So that is number one. Probably one of my OG travel screw-ups was the Czech consulate in Vienna when I convinced them to open for me despite the fact that they were not open. Number two, this is the other one that always comes to mind when I think of times that I really messed up, was in Russia. (laughs) in Russia of all places. Not not exactly a place that you want to mess up, I would say, stereotypically at least. So in non-COVID times, Russia has this deal, this visa loophole, where you can enter the country for 72 hours without a visa if you arrive by boat. Um, and that's significant because Russia is one of those countries that requires visas even for tourists. So you do have to apply for a visa if you want to go to Russia, I think for for most countries, at least, definitely for the U.S., people from the U.S., it's not just a place where you can arrive and get a stamp in your passport for 90 days. So the fact that they have this loophole that you can enter without a visa for 72 hours if you arrive by boat is something that an entire industry has built up around. And I actually will see what has changed by the time this episode has been released, what the state of the world is like. But I did record an entire episode about the time that I did this when I took advantage of that visa loophole and what it was like and how to do that in the future if they reinstate it after the pandemic. But then I decided that with the current state of affairs and Russia's aggression and violence and atrocities in Ukraine that I didn't want to talk about going to Russia or frankly promote it in any way like that. I just wanted to avoid the topic of going to Russia right now. Anyway, that is all to say that there is a longer story about what I was doing there and how I got in that I have told in an episode that may be released in the future, uh, but that's not the story right now. So anyway, part of this visa-free loophole is that you have to have accommodation pre-booked. You have to show them at passport control that you have a place to stay. You have to show your hotel reservations or whatever. That was no problem. Uh, St. Petersburg has a lot of great hostels, so I booked a hostel ahead of time and was ready to go, had all my other documents, and I had no problem at passport control. I gave them everything. She looked at everything. No issues. I get into St. Petersburg. It's bizarre. It's, It's Russia. It's crazy. And I had to walk quite a ways, I remember, to get to the hostel, and it was very, very hot. I never expected Russia to be that hot. So I arrive at my hostel. I'm sweaty. I'm exhausted. And I tell the woman that I have a reservation and she says like, well, that's weird because we're completely booked up tonight. 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, I have, I printed out my confirmation because that was back in the day that we printed everything out. So I gave her my confirmation thinking like, this is no problem. She just made a mistake. Like I totally covered all my bases. She looks at my reservation and says, oh, I see what the problem is. This is for next month. This is for July. It's June right now. And I had just, it was one of those like typo mistakes where you just click the wrong thing. I had booked the wrong month. And so there I am thinking like, oh my God, this is Russia. Like this was a requirement for me to get into the country. And now it turns out I don't even have it and I'm going to be arrested and blah, blah, blah. And this is once again, where the kindness of strangers came through because she immediately was like, don't worry, like we're full. You can't stay here tonight. But she got on the phone and called up their sister hostel, uh, one of the hostels that they had a connection with and was able to immediately book me a bed there. And she even got me a lower price because this other hostel was more expensive than the one that I had originally booked. So she got them to charge me just the same price. And it turned out that it was actually in a much more central area of the city. So this actually ended up working out really, really well for me. I got the same price, a nicer hostel in a better location. And I wasn't arrested in Russia for not having accommodations or anything like that. But that's one of those situations that just honestly still gives me goosebumps to this time. The fact that like of all the times to make a mistake when you're in a country that has such strict regulations and control of who can enter the country, that that was where I screwed up of all places. But once again, like I said, people came through. She totally helped me out and saved me in that situation and gave me honestly a really great start to my time in St. Petersburg. That was a fantastic way to start that experience. All right, so those are the two big ones. I do have a couple others to round this out. The The next one was when I moved to Taiwan. So at this point, I had spent some time in Europe. I was a little bit familiar with that, but going to an Asian country was totally, totally different, which is partly why I wanted to do it. So At this point, I had a job in Taiwan. I had already, well, didn't sign the contract, so it was still a little bit up in the air, but we'd had like verbal confirmations they wanted to hire me and that I was coming to the country. And I decided that I was going to find an apartment ahead of time before arriving in Taiwan, because this time the school was not going to help me. Whereas in the Czech Republic, the school had basically like found three apartments and I got to choose one um, just because they were nice and helpful. But this time there was no support for that. Keep an eye out for an upcoming episode on how to find apartments in countries around the world. But I decided that it would be better to have a place to go as soon as I arrived in the city in Taipei instead of spending time in a hostel, which is just like frustrating and annoying when you're trying to settle into a place and start a new job and everything. So that was my grand idea. I knew that it was risky. I still wanted to go with it. So I did. I found a guy who lived in, that sounds really sketchy, but I found a guy, a French person who lived in an apartment with like two or three other people. He was leaving. So he was giving up his lease. It was all like totally legit. Um, I did as much due diligence as I possibly could to make sure it wasn't a scam and it worked out. I paid the deposit and arrived in Taiwan and had a whole hassle finding the apartment because I didn't understand the city at that point. But I arrived and my first thought walking in the apartment was, I can't stay here. This is awful. This is gross. I, I can't stay here. What am I doing? And in retrospect, knowing a lot more about Taiwanese apartments now, I know that they are just different. 
uh, because of the humid climate and everything, they often have just like tile floors in every room of the apartment. There's just sort of like this this standard or this feel or vibe that if you've lived in Taipei, you you know what those apartments feel like. And sometimes they can be nicer. You can like spruce them up a little bit and make them like a nice place to live. And sometimes you just see it and you're kind of like, mm, no, like I, I'm going to keep looking. Um, but there's, I, I don't know how to explain it off the top of my head, but there's definitely a vibe of these kind of apartments. And it's also partly because they're always empty when you go to look at them. And I think that has a feel to it as well. But anyway, so I arrive in this apartment. I have no context for what a Taiwanese apartment should be like. And this is coming off my apartment in the Czech Republic being really, really nice. I got so lucky there. So this was a bit of a shock, but European apartments and Taiwanese apartments are just vastly different in general. And I was not expecting that. So I immediately launched into the search to find a new apartment and I did. I ended up probably overpaying for that year because I was staying in a very like expat focused apartment where there was an English speaking apartment manager and a lot of the people who lived there were international students and things like that. So it was much nicer. It was definitely catered towards like expats, but I definitely overpaid and I learned how to get around that in the future. I sort of learned to find my happy medium between apartments that I really liked and also ones that were not super foreigner centric in that way. But that was definitely, I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have included this in the episode about mistakes because I don't think it was a huge mistake to try and find a place ahead of time from a distance, uh, but it definitely didn't work out the way that I thought it would. But hey, like I said, resource and ingenuity, creative thinking, you will, you will sort the situation out. The last one that I'm going to talk about was in Ireland, and this is just, this one is like not a big deal, just a funny, ridiculous situation. I had decided to visit the Aran Islands, which are off the west coast of Taiwan. These are three islands that are very traditional in a way. Um, The Irish language is still spoken there predominantly, and there's a lot of farmers and fishermen, fisher folk, and a lot of ancient ruins on the hills there. And it's just these very small kind of rural um, environments and communities, but they're really fantastic to visit. And so I was staying on the main island, the biggest one called Inishmore, which I think only has 200 citizens on it, but it's still the main place with a couple pubs and a hostel and things like that. And I decided to take a short trip one day to one of the other islands, a smaller island, which you can access by ferry. But the ferry also goes all the way back to the mainland, to Doolin or to Galway, whichever way that you approached it. So I'm on Inishmore. I'm going to, oh, I don't remember which other one I went to. I think it was Inishir. I went to Inishir. I'm on Inishmore going to Inishir, but the boat then ultimately goes to Galway. And so most of the people on the boat were actually going all the way to Galway or to Doolin. Yeah, Doolin. And so the crew thought that they were just picking people up at Inishir. And we had used a gangplank to the upper level of the ferry to get on. And so I assumed that's how we would get off also. So I didn't realize that there was actually another way to get on and off the ferry on the lower level. And that's how people were getting on at this point. And so I'm just like sitting there on the top deck, like, la la la, when are we going to disembark and, and everything? And it wasn't until the ferry started pulling away that I realized that no one else was getting off. Everyone else had already got on and we were leaving. And normally in those situations, I would just kind of like write it out and not try to make 
a big deal about it. You know, I would just deal with it myself personally rather than calling attention to myself or trying to be pushy to fix the situation. But this ferry was going all the way back to uh, Doolin, which was like an hour ride. And then I would have to take an hour back and the ferries don't run regularly and all that. So I was like, oh no. So I ran down to the lower level and just again, like threw myself at the mercy of the crew who were there. And they definitely thought that I was the stupidest tourist. <laughs> um, you know, I just was like, I didn't realize people were, this was the place to get off. And so they totally had to redock the ferry for me. They had to turn around again and redock just so that I could get off. And I remember getting off and just hearing them all talking to each other in Irish as I was getting off. And I'm sure, I mean, who knows, probably maybe they didn't even care at all about me and wouldn't give me a second thought, but I was just convinced that they were talking about this stupid American tourist and everything. So that was ultimately a mistake that was not a big issue compared to the visas and the hostel and everything, but definitely a situation where I made a mistake and it made me feel stupid. And those things happen and you just have to keep moving because They might have a funny story to share with their friends at the pub later, but ultimately, no harm, no foul. No one really cared. I don't think I delayed the ferry by too long. So in a Britishism that I've picked up recently, uh, we move. We move. We keep moving forward. I like that. We move. Anyway, those are some stories of times that I have made mistakes on the road when I'm traveling, when I'm living in other places, because it happens to all of us. So if you are thinking of hitting the road, I hope you will take heart and know that, yes, you probably will make mistakes, but you will also be able to figure it out yourself and other people will help you. And if you have been traveling before or traveling for a while, I'm sure you have similar stories and I would love to hear them and commiserate. You can send any of those to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. And until next time, I'm sure I will have more ridiculous stories to share in addition to all of the travel tips and tricks at Going Out Your Door. 